Can I start this? All right, I can start this. Hey, y'all, guess what I'm starting? <laughs> I'm starting a podcast. This is the Zero Hour. You got Mark Fitz on the mic on the wheels of steel. And to my right is who? Christine Chapman, your host. Oh, shit. And who's on the phone? What's his name? What's your name, sir? Name is Dio Budnovich. Dio Budnovich. And D- Dio, what do you do? Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Wait. Jesus. Slow your roll, Dio. <laughs> what do you do? You can't give it up that easy, girl. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. We got Dio. I can't really pronounce your last name. Budnovich. Okay. Dio B. All right. Um, I'm curious. Were you named after Ronnie James Dio? Like, where does where does the name Dio come from? Um, well, I wish it was, but uh, from what I've heard from my parents is that it was kind of based off of Dio as in God, in I think it's Greek. It's an, an E instead of an I. Oh, oh that's very cool, actually. And are, are you a native of Miami or Florida? Um, I'm a native of Florida. I was born um, a little bit north of Miami in the Davie Hollywood area. Okay. Uh, and then I moved down here. All right. Why did you move down here? And tell us a little bit what? about your origin story. Okay. Um, I moved, uh, I think I moved in here, I think it was seventh grade, sixth grade, um, entering middle school, because the opportunities um, academically in Davie and Hollywood really they don't match what you can do in Miami. There's yep. not a, a good amount of schools and the amount of schools that there are. They're not any good schools or LCB schools. My dad was very adamant about me having an education and me being educated, very smart, very you know, very driven to do good in life. So okay. um, we wanted to move to Miami. And my, my best friend that I've known since I was four, his name is Bishop, um, he went to Young Men's Prep. Uh, it was preparatory. So um, I think I started there in eighth grade. So sixth to seventh grade, I was in Miami Springs Middle. And um, then I went to school with my best friend because um, there was a really good music program there. Okay. And okay. So really good music program there brings you to Young Men's Prep. How long, like, what was your instrument and how long had you been playing when you started at Young Men's Prep? Wait. I, wait, Dio, my apologies. The coast, the coast, the host. <laughs> the host is just working way too fast, right? Dude, there's lots of unpacking we need to do. All right. Okay. So, okay. okay. First and foremost, all right, Dio, announce what it is you do. Dio is a what? So, um, I like to consider myself a working musician. Uh, I wouldn't say professional just yet. You know, I'm not out there enough, but uh, I'm surely a passionate working musician that is really just trying to learn everything that he can about music. And you're and you're just a lad. You're you're a teenager still, right? You're a young man. Yeah, right? I just turned eighteen. You just turned eighteen. So how come when I was eighteen years old, I wasn't a working anything? Right, I wasn't working professional. I was just like playing on my Rubik's cube. I'm a kid from the '80s, bro. Um, so, Dio, at at what point in your childhood in Miami are you sitting around? Your dad or your mom buy you an instrument? Right? I mean, we're not going to tell you what the instrument is yet, but no, well, maybe we could. They they buy you a guitar, right? And you're like, and you pick it up. Was it at that moment you're like? Oh, I kind of like this. I'm a, and I, and like, how did it? How did your journey begin? Yes, how did it begin with music? Okay, um, I do have a, a backstory about it. Um, this is I started when I was still living in Davie, right? Um, I remember I was on YouTube. Well, actually, you know, let me preface. My dad had always been very, um, very musically inclined. He's also a drummer. So it's kind of in the blood. My brother's a guitarist. My dad's a drummer. Um, so from a young age, when I was like two, three years old, I'd sit in the back of his truck and ask him for Metallica because we had it on CD, or I'd ask him for Michael Jackson. Um, you know, I asked him. I, I didn't even know the song names. I would just say number ten, number eleven, um, 
And so I, from a young age, I was always into music. I always enjoyed music. But, like, I was like, always very rhythmic. Did your mom and dad, like, are there any musicians in the family? Yeah, my dad, my dad oh, so, a reggae. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I spaced on that. So was your dad a, pro- is your dad a professional music- musician? Well, now he isn't, but he was back then. Um, okay. When he was around my age or a little older, he played this band called Fourth Dimension. I've um, heard of them. Yeah, reggae band, Fourth Dimension. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, wait, it's all right. because um, my neighbor does actually know of the band. Oh, wow, I'm that's gonna look crazy. It up. I'm going to look it up. So, all right, so... You're in your house, so there. There is. He's I mean, like two years old, and he's playing music. That's crazy. But he, okay. So a lot of the guests we have are these one percenters, right? So yeah. Dio, mm-hmm. we define a one percenter as you're at the top of your game. Ninety nine percent of people are worse than you, right? Um, okay. And we, you know, I I talk about that from a genetic perspective. So we just had an Olympic athlete on before you, and. Uh, while her parents weren't into uh, athletics as she is, she was genetically dis- uh, uh, inclined. Uh, genetically inclined. You are musically inclined for for, for and you, you have even a leg up because your dad uh, is a drummer yeah. as well. Is your is your mom in the arts or any brothers and sisters that you that I don't know if you have or not? Are they in the <laughs> arts as well? Um, well, my brother played guitar when he was like fourteen, like a little younger than me. He stopped for a bit. Um, and my mom, um, it wasn't exactly like fine or performing arts, but she did a lot of fashion stuff and she still does. She wow. makes right, little artsy. outfits and sews. Artsy. So uh, I'm a very artistically inclined person with okay. my whole family being, you know, very active in you know, arts or, you know, something adjacent to the arts. What, okay. Talk to me just for a second about, about your brother, right? Do you guys mm-hmm. play out together? Do you play together? Is it a family thing? Dude, there's lots of famous fucking families that play. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I always wanted to play with him, um, but he never had the time to actually sit down and play with me. But there was a couple times. Uh, he moved out recently, so um, I don't really get the chance anymore. But mm-hmm. a few years ago, we'd sit down together in his room and, like, learn songs together, like, learn some Metallica oh, I covers. I Yeah, he was always a really good uh, older brother to me. He was always very nice and he was always very supportive of you know, of that because he understood he wanted to play guitar and, you know, quite frankly, his side of the family, we have different mothers, um, mm-hmm. you know, his side of the family was like, no, you need to go to school and you got to, you know, get an education, you got to work. So you and can work as a musician too and get an education. Oh, of course. Of course. But, you know, his, his side of the family thought otherwise, I guess, at that point. So, um, so, so, dude, you're two, you're in a diaper. You're in your living room. You're banging around on an instrument, right? And you keep banging around, and you're encouraged by your brother and by your father, and, of course, by your mother as well, because you're two in a diaper. Um, yeah. <laughs> at, at what point, at what point, maybe in, 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 like, young adolescence, 10 or so, are you like, all right, A, I think girls like guys who play music so i'm going to continue playing uh, <laughs> you grew out your hair you wear you wear cool clothes and like you become like this kid in high school who's a musician right like women are notoriously and i don't get it whatsoever notoriously are attracted to musicians so was it a combination of lifestyle talent and yeah i'm just cooler and my personal stock has upgraded because I'm a musician and girls like it. Um, well, I remember the first time that I, I really wanted to be serious about the instrument. Um, I was scrolling around on YouTube and I saw somebody playing bass. Um, and I was like, oh, wow, this, this instrument's really cool. Like, and I started listening to bass and songs and I told my dad, I was like, hey, um, I think I want to play bass. And he was like, really? Are you actually going to play bass if I get you a bass that you play it? Yeah, and he said, okay, I'll, I'll figure something out. And a few months later, he came home with this um, red Ibanez uh, PJ bass. Mm-hmm. And um, that's like the moment, you know, I started like, I wanted to play bass. I wanted to play music. Like, I really wanted to actually delve into this thing of music. And, you know, I unlocked that kind of, uh, that passion for it. You know, just sitting around in my room learning songs and, you know, all these little things. Do you, do you, okay, I got, I got a loaded question. So, 
I not loaded. Just multiple, multiple ways I can go. Um, musicians who are incredibly talented. So it's funny. I don't know. It just hit me right now. But Prince was incredibly talented, right? Mm-hmm. Where Prince would play all the instruments. Now on the opposite end of that, David Grohl, right? Foo Fighters, Nirvana, mm-hmm. right? Is incredibly talented because he plays every single instrument. Do you play multiple instruments? Like, do you you play yeah. bass and you play rhythm, right? Like, what else do you play? Yeah. Um, well, I I only really know how to play bass and guitar, but um, I'm very interested in learning um, drums. Like, I at some point in my life, I want to buy a drum set and really learn how to play drums. All right. But um, on my computer uh, and some like some of the bands I'm in, I actually write drums like in MIDI and tell my friend to play them and you know make whatever alternations he needs. Or alteration, sorry. Mm-hmm. But um, I write drums. I want to learn how to play tenor sax. I want to learn how to play the keys. Like, okay. I'm very interested in learning all these things. Um, I don't have the time to do it right now. Yeah. But, um, you know, hopefully soon in life I do actually have the time to sit down and learn all these different things. What What musicians do you listen to and you're like, damn. And now, and I know we, I know we did a bit of a pre-jam b- before we went on air, and you're probably going to ask me, all right, well, what genre? Like, I don't even know what genre uh, t- to talk to you about. But what musicians do you feel inspiration from, or are you just like, yo? Because uh, I don't know music, but you'll hear—I don't even know the terminology—a riff, a sound, or whatever, where you're like, mm-hmm. I actually know how that's played on guitar, and it's really hard because you have to do this this pattern with your fingers right like yeah who in your opinion is gifted right and can just get up and do like flee from chili peppers gifted on bass i think the chili peppers are are way overplayed so i can't stand listening to them anymore but you (laughs) know flea is amazing on bass right so who in your in your opinion across genres choose one uh do you feel it's just like damn that guy's got talent um, I think I'll speak to, like, obviously I can name about 40 that fall into that category, but I'll speak to somebody who's been very influential to me right now, especially as I get more into the jazz side of guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is Julian Lodge, uh, at okay. Lage. I don't know exactly how to pronounce it. I always said Lodge. Um, he has a very specific style of playing. You know, when you think of jazz, especially on guitar, you think of maybe Wes Montgomery, Joe Pass. These people have a very, it's a term, bebop, you know, a very bebop sound or mm-hmm. a very, you know, a very specific sound. And I think Julian Lodge as a guitarist and musician, more than just a jazz guitarist, takes an influence from classical sounds. He takes influence from those bebop sounds. He takes influence from rock and country. Like he just released the single that sounds like country jazz. And I was like blown wow. away. I was like, what is happening? So, um, I've really been getting into him, and he's a very he's very gifted in the sense that he can play whatever he wants to and make it sound like him. He has a very specific voice on his guitar, and I think that really speaks to what I want to do and what I want to be able to do with my guitar. That's fascinating. So my, my new category of of uh, music is jazz rap, right? Mm. Like I just love the t- the combination of the two like i love the the, the jazz and i love the hip-hop i love i love yeah, the jazz hip-hop fusion thing love, yeah dude yeah. listen to it all day as as i'm working um and it's, it's kind of interesting as you go through your musical education how you how i think you will naturally be influenced by people you meet the programs the schools you're going to and the people you're talking to um when you're when you're at home, just hanging out, like what do you, what do you like to listen to? That's a great question. Which ones? Hmm? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Sorry, one of my headphones died. Um, I just took it back. Um, so repeat whatever you just said. I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, all good. When you're at home, yeah, chilling, right? Mm-hmm. What do you like to listen to? So I like, dude. I've been listening to every day. I listen to uh, Boogie Down Productions, right? KRS One. Mm-hmm. I listen yeah. to some old school House of Pain, and then, dude, I'm a Gemini, so I'll turn on the Doobie Brothers, right? And mm-hmm. I'll turn okay. on David Bowie, right? 
Like yeah. my, my musical taste is way left and way right, depending upon the moment. So I'm almost like like OCD like that or crazy like that. So when you are when you when you're hanging out at your house and you want to get hype or you want to relax, like what do you like to what do you like to listen to or who do you like to listen to? So I have two main playlists that I play from every day. Um, it's either this jazz playlist that's jazz funk that's what you were talking about that hip hop funk kind of like yeah. you know, Robert Glasper with the the Dilla beats and you know all those things. Yeah. Um, so it's either that kind of funky side, maybe some fusion. Or it's extreme metal. <laughs> okay. Um, All right. I know I mentioned to you Pantera earlier. Yeah. Um, something like that, or I don't know if you know, like Whitechapel, the show of these bands that are very intense. Um, wow. You know, hype what, me what, up a what lot. is it about that? Because I, I was never into the, I don't even know how to describe it, but these guys who scream with these guttural voices, right? I mean, yeah. it, it fucking sounds dangerous and it sounds like they're hurting themselves, <laughs> but, but they don't. But. See, I never got into that, and I'm still not into it. But what is it about that, you know, that mm-hmm. that gets you like, fuck yeah, I love this. Like when I'm just like, eh, no thanks. Like what, what, what? Like is it is it the music? Is it the 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 volume? Like what gets you like, yes, I fucking love this. So, I I I get asked this, and I ask myself this a lot because I know it's a very unapproachable form of music um i know it's not like for everybody and i and definitely can't say like oh if you don't like this then you don't like music i can't say that about any form of music because everybody likes their own thing right yeah um and i know that music whatever form of it speaks to people in different ways you know yeah. somebody who hears reggaeton might be like oh yeah i'm pumped when i'm like this is disgusting i need to leave the club you know um <laughs> there's two sides to all that and I experienced that with my, you know, my taste in, in metal, because a lot of people are like, "How do you even listen to this?" Um, so, to me, there's a lot of very intricate things happening in all these songs that I'm listening to. Um, there's, a, you know, one of the bands I mentioned, Sugar. Uh, they do polyrhythm and polymeter. Yep. So they have the drums play in four four, the guitars play in seventeen sixteen, and you know, like something like that. Okay, so what does that mean? What does that mean for the layperson, Dio? For somebody like us who aren't, you know, trained musicians, what does that mean? Okay, uh, that's fun. So um, polymeter, because that's essentially what it is. People call it polyrhythms when they talk about Meshuggah, and it's not essentially a polyrhythm. Meshuggah um, writes in polymeter. So a meter is when you have your 4-4. Four, four. Whenever you listen to, say, a disco song, it's one, two, three, four, one. The whole yep. song. Yep, yep. You know, they do hits. It might be on the upbeat. You know, there's, there's little um, little things you can change about it. But 4-4, four, four, it means four beats in one measure. Hey, four hey, hey Dio. One measure. Dio, yeah. th- could you actually play four beats in one measure right now? And Can you try it? Uh, I mean, I don't know if you guys can hear it, but I can grab my guitar. Great uh, guitar. Okay. Very okay. hard. But like a normal, you know, four beats in one measure, like chord progression could sound like a... Yeah. Hear any of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, so um, then what's the other one? But, the... but yeah, no, no, no. Continue. But what's what's important here is that he's a musician, and what I hear is fucking noise. He hears the four by four, the eight sixteen, whatever the hell you're talking about, right? And mm-hmm. I think that's what a lot of musicians hear. They hear that. <clears throat> like I don't hear any of that. You don't I, hear that. Well, of course you do. You your your foot taps to that. That's the rhythm. You don't tell dun, me what my foot taps dun, to. Dun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Keep keep going. So yeah, um, that's what I was about to explain. So what's going on in my mind when I hear four four, mm-hmm. especially while I'm playing, is it's called subdividing. It's you're dividing those four quarter notes into whatever else you're playing. Um, so what I was playing there was dun digga digga dun digga digga dun. Which is actually, I'm subdividing the 15th notes. Right. So right. Four beats, or sorry, four notes per quarter note. So within that 4 4, I have 16 notes to play with. And then you could expand that with triplets. You can have um, 12 notes. You can have 
24, you have 32, you have 64, 128. And that's what you mean by polymeter? So, yeah, let me get into that. Polymeter, you can basically say, okay, you have 4-4. I'm going to play 9-8 over that 4-4. So I'm going to have a pattern on the guitar that will repeat after 9-8 notes whenever the drums repeat after 8-8 notes. Okay, so so can you can you can you show that you can't because you've got one instrument, right? But wait, yeah, I I mean, I kind of know what he's talking about, believe it or not. Um, And this is why, ready? Led Zeppelin was so fucking good, right? Because John Bono and Jimmy Page could riff. Correct. Wow! Can can riff off. Look at you, Mr. Music. Look at this guy. No, but no, but I've I've heard that John Bonham is the world's greatest uh, drummer. And it's funny, I just listened to Moby Dick like, like a couple of weeks ago. Oh, it's a great song. And it's like 12 minutes of <laughs> drum solos. But Jimmy Page and John Bonham, while I've never seen them in concert before, they play off of each other. And, and I'm kind of curious, Dio, how much of that play off each other is listening to the beat and how much is in the moment, right? So, Oh, that's a good question. A, that's a very good question. It's a mix of everything. So... As a musician, you learn, right, you can, you can divide what you learn into categories. You can say, I learned, oops, oops. I don't know if you guys feel like the train, sorry. Um, I don't, so, got sidetracked. Um, That's okay. You learn rhythm, right? You learn how to follow a metronome. You learn how to manipulate the metronome, right? So that whenever you play off people, you know how to follow them and play with them and listen to the beats and catch on. You learn theory, meaning... Oh, I know that when I'm creating a chord progression, I can do X, Y, and Z to make it sound like this, or I can do Y, Z, X to make it sound like this, and I can play A, B, C, you know, all these different combinations that give a certain sound. Yep. You know, you kind of understand the music instead of just play the music. So Um, then when you go into a playing session, right? Like, so when you and your band get together, are you playing solely off the structure of the song itself or are you when you come together riffing off of a, a an overarching structure and and sort of extemporaneously like riffing so the answer to that is yes um you're doing both at the same time um especially like obviously if you're playing in a cover band right yep. which is some of my bands you yep. play to a specific song that's already there but you have to be listening to each other to make sure everybody's on the same time, on the same place, playing the right things. Or if somebody makes a mistake, they go somewhere early, you yep. have to decide, okay, we're following them. No, we're not following them. They have to come to us. Um, those are specific examples in the cover band. But in, say, a jazz jam session, yep. um, you, uh, you can see the same things happening in different ways. So the way these jazz jam sessions work, you call a standard. A standard is one of the 200 or three, 400 songs that almost every jazz musician knows. Um, one of the most popular ones, Autumn Leaves. You know, yep, yep. Uh, very popular jazz song. Um, but everybody plays it in a different way. Um, one of my teachers, Cal Cohen, amazing pianist, um, he would play Autumn Leaves, but instead of following the chords, he reharmonized the chords, meaning... You would play uh, upper structures, which means basically you're playing different notes of the chord to make it sound completely different. So he's basically adding his own taste to the song, but you're still playing over that overarching structure of, you know, I think the song's in A-B-A-A, or yeah. I, I forgot exactly what it is. You know, it has a certain structure, uh, but um, he's following it in his own way. He's doing his own thing. He's not just, you know, he's not just playing what quote-unquote, he's supposed to play, he's playing what his emotions tell him to play, what his soul is telling him to play. He's so playing I, his the, soul. And, yeah, go ahead. So, so that, that's like, w- w- would that be like musical inspiration and or musical genius, where you just said his soul. So this is, dude, musicians are artists because they play... With, From their soul. Yes, in the, in the moment, at the right feel, right? Yes. So, so this brings up... Um, kind of a dilemma in music today or in even specifically the guitar world today because you go on Instagram you have all these guys playing the most technically impossible thing 
and it's like, you know, the most theory involved thing. There's a band called Polyphia, amazing musicians. I don't, I don't get the soul from their playing because it just sounds like robotic machinery, mm. very like planned out. It sounds hip hoppy, but not in the, in the soulful hip hop way. It feels hip hoppy and it's like, oh, it's just like this repeating part that sounds good, but it's just drones and yeah. it doesn't feel like a song. It just feels like people playing their instruments because they want to play it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. If that's what music is to you, that's what music is to you. Right. But whenever I hear people like Cal Cohen play, even a, a set alone, I saw him in a place here called Jazz Kitchen. It was just him. Okay. And he was playing some of the most beautiful music I've ever heard based on what his emotions were saying. I felt his emotions. I felt where he wanted to go with the music. And I you, felt, can, you can feel that? You know, all the little things. You can feel that. Well, that's I, a musician. I, yeah. I feel all those, those little details that he's putting in the music, especially because I know what the song usually sounds like, you know? You see, that I think that's something that everyone else in the world doesn't understand or has a harder time feeling because they're, mm -hmm. they're, they're not listening to the technique or because we just don't understand. So two, two, it's funny, two musicians, I, I just want to, I just want to point out that, that are, are interesting to me. So I've, I've been listening to the police for 125 oh, yeah. years, 125 years. Uh -huh. And I just started re-listening to them, but only listening really to Stuart Copeland. Right. Mm, and like, okay. not that I'm drowning out everyone else, but like, I'm like, damn, I never really realized how great of a fucking drummer he is oh, like i i i didn't even know he was an american i thought he was automatically i thought he was english because you know andy summers and 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 uh and sting, sting the other guy whoever that guy is right sting <laughs> are, are english but like i started re-listening to the police and trying to single out Stuart copeland and then then the other guy it's how my brain works on a complete opposite and I, I'm going to describe it as multidimensional. So it's the, he's, a, mm. he's a rapper. His name is Nas, N-A-S. Yeah. And R Nas has got a song called New York State of Mind, right? And in New York yeah, State of, of Mind, he's got that, that he's got multiple, how do, I how do I say this? He's got a piano, right? Bon, bon, bon. And then he's got like he's a He's got hip so many elements going on. Correct. Now, how do we, you, put together... You got a piano playing at a very different speed and a very different beat than the trumpet, than everything else. Like, how much skill does that take to put together, like, that song? The song sounds tremendous, but you listen to it. It's Nas rapping. He's rapping about New York. You got this slow piano music in the background. That eventually picks up, and you have, like, all these other pieces that are being layered in. I just think it's, it's a tremendous song, and I'm not even a musician, but, like, I listen to that stuff. That's really cool. So this is the one thing that, like, I don't love pop, right, especially, like, pop today. You know, 80s pop, 90s pop, yeah. The pop today, I don't love it, but... The one thing that I have to respect about it is the ability to do what you just explained, to layer 50 different things yep. and for it to sound like one thing. It doesn't sound like 50 things. It sounds like one thing. Yeah. Right? And this is the work of sometimes one person, five people, ten people, and one person that does it very well uh, is Jacob Collier. I don't know if you guys heard of him. No. He's very, he's another one of those gifted musicians that plays everything. He plays all the weird um, instruments from the Eastern world. He plays guitar, bass, drums, keys. He sings and he uses microtones, which is this whole world of music where instead of you having A, A flat, G, you have A, A half flat, A flat, uh, G half sharp. It's, you know, all these wow. weird notes that he uses in his vocals and uses in his arrangements to lead the songs to very unexpected places. But at the same time, he has a drum part using polyrhythms, mm -hmm. there's a drum part that has something in three, which sounds like, you know, one, two, three, one, two, three, a guitar part in five, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five. He layers yep. those with a shaker that's in two, a uh, tambourine that's in ten. That's crazy. You know, he layers all these different things. And he's, like, his mind is just so strange <laughs> in a good way. He's, the ability to put all that together to make it sound like one thing when you sit back and listen and then when you sit down and dissect everything, it's like, oh, everything's doing something completely different, and it changes the vibe of the song, how, which depending on which instrument you're listening to. Right. 
Right. Um, so a lot of pop players do that very well. They layer three guitar parts. They layer, you know, drums with a bunch of percussion, and they'll have their own role. And yeah. I think that's yeah. very um, important to know for uh, songwriting, for um, arranging. Yeah. Um, another band that does this very well is Slinky Puppy. They have three drummers and like 20 horns, and they sound wow. like one band. Yep. Um, so little, like the little details like that, when you really listen, Stuart Copeland's playing a very simple part that has all these little intricacies that make it not so simple. And then the guitar is like, oh, he's just playing two chords. <laughs> and wow. then the bass player is like playing two notes, you know? And it sounds like everybody's playing something intricate when it's some, it's, it's similar, like, or how do you say it's simple but it's not simple at the same time. It's a very strange concept that I seek to understand how to do. I can't really do that yet, you know? Well, that'll, okay, so that is fascinating, and I need to sort of bring us back, right? Because I've got a bunch of questions about how you came through Youngman's, um, Youngman's Institute, sorry. Youngman's Preparatory Academy. Youngman's Preparatory Academy to meet Sammy, at YMU, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And to get to where you are today. And I have like, I, I want you to speak to that journey. But the other thing I've kind of been obsessed with lately, Dio, is I've watched and I watched it years ago. But Mark and I recently did a rewatch of Whiplash, the movie. Mm-hmm. And then my mm-hmm. son wanted to watch Whiplash. So I watched it again. And as somebody going off or aspiring to go to like conservatories, music, music programs, right? I need to kind of understand, are you expecting to go to a place where the level of intensity is like the intensity on Whiplash? Mm, okay, really good question. Really good um, question. I think I'll answer that one first and I'll get into the rest of the, yes, yes. the journey there. Um, so... The the realism of Whiplash has been debated in the music world, especially the jazz world, because it kind of paints a picture of jazz that is an unapproachable music, which it can be. It can definitely be a very, you know, snooty, aristocratic, like, yeah. I'm better than you genre. Yeah. Um, and it's very real. But um, sometimes the way it's portrayed in the, in the world isn't, or sorry, in the, in the way it's portrayed in, in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, and media is a little bit, um, it's, it's a little bit more than it actually is in real life. And okay, yes. but do people like practice till their fingers bleed? You know what I mean? Like, that's how they imagine. Some people do. Some people don't, uh-huh. right? Okay, do you? Um, uh, not until I bleed, but okay. Um, okay. I actually never bled while playing guitar, strangely okay. enough. Okay. Ooh, thank but, goodness. God. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so there's people who. You know, I try to practice as much as possible. I play in multiple rehearsals a day and then adding on maybe an hour of practice, hour two, onto those already existing three or four hours of music a day. You know, I get around five, six, four, something like that. Yep. Okay. Um, okay. Every day, like seven days a roughly, week. Basically, yeah. Wow. Um, but there are people, you know, professionals, all those, all the people that, you love to listen to all the guitarists or all the bassists, all the drummers that you love to listen to put in a lot of hours, put in a lot of work. Obviously it takes a lot of effort regardless of how talented you are. You have to put in that effort. Yeah. Um, talent plus effort is what will really get you there. You can't just be talented. Um, all right. I got a question. Hang on, hang on. Talent yeah, and effort. Yep. I, I ask this of everyone across genres of disciplines in your opinion. What's, what's more? What do you need What's more, more important? Talent or effort? Uh, effort. Talent or effort. effort? Effort. Effort for sure. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm very humble, or I try to be. Uh, so I don't like to say things like, oh, I'm very talented. But I knew when I started that I was pretty talented. Are you, you, know, are you I very, got good, very good? good. Are you very really good? good? Are you really? Yeah. Really? But he plays that fucking death metal shit. <laughs> no, you, no, you don't. You don't just play no, death no. metal. No, he is. I, actually, I'm making fun of you, Dio. But he is very <laughs> musically diverse. Eclectic. Yes, yes. In in your understanding, uh, so what do they say? In theory and in practice, right? Yeah, in theory and in practice. Yes, that's awesome. Um, 
but yeah, I do value effort more. The, you know, where I was going with the thing before is, um, that I started off very talented. Um, it's like at some point I got to a point where my talent kind of ran out where That's what if I didn't say. put in the, yeah. Wait, how does talent um, run out? Is it, wait, wait, so, wait, how does that, how does that, I've never heard that before. Well, haven't you heard the phrase talent only gets you so far? <laughs> yes. Is I that, think yeah. that's what he means. Okay. Right? So, yeah, that, that's essentially what I'm saying. Like, um, I started at a very high reading level in school. I started, um, like, I was very ahead in school when I first started. I got to middle school, and I was like, oh, yeah, I don't need to study doing these high school classes. And then I got a D one year in algebra. Um, you know, obviously, I got it back up to an A and stuff, but there were some points where I was like, oh, wow, I actually have to study now. Um, same happened with guitar. Mm-hmm. I was just like kind of on cruise control. Like I would practice a lot, but I didn't sit down and say, I'm going to get better at this. I need to get better at this. What can I do to get better? I would just play. I would just play songs. Mm-hmm. And it worked until playing songs didn't do anything for me anymore. And I was, I was like, oh, if I want to get better, if I want to do this for a living, I got to work. I got to actually understand what I'm doing. I got to put time and effort that I wasn't exactly putting in before. Um, and that thing of, you know, talent versus effort. So yeah, you can have talent, but if you don't put any effort, the guy that's working twice as hard as you, even though he started below you, he's going to surpass you. Yeah, of course. Yep. Now, Everyone. If you have both. Then you're keep, great. Yeah, keep going. Uh, well, no, I was going to say that no matter what, what you do, Olympics, musician, business, it is, everyone responds the same way. Right, effort, effort, effort. Over time, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, this is, um, like, I think it was Ray Lewis, Ravens football player, um, started from nothing. Yeah, sure, he might have been athletically inclined in some way, but, you know, he saw, I think his story was that his, he saw his mother being beaten, and he was like, I'm never going to let that happen to my mother again. And he worked, mm-hmm. worked out five hours a day, you know, did whatever he needed to to protect his mother. And, you know, eventually he played football and was very wealthy and he treated his mother to whatever he could. But Didn't he murder somebody effort, too? Didn't Ray Lewis murder someone? <laughs> I think it was alleged. I don't, I don't remember if he was convicted or not. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. Yeah, that's something I don't remember. <laughs> um, of all, of, the point, of all athletes to choose, Ray Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> no, just because like his story is very like it's very effort driven. Yes, and yes. it's a very like grandiose story. Um, but it just speaks to like you can start from anywhere. It doesn't matter where you start from if you put in that effort, even if it's like a slow curve up. It's you're going to get further than the person who puts in very little effort. Yes. Yes. Know? That's true. Puts in no effort. Um, Dio, I'm bringing you back. Before. I'm bringing you back yeah. to Sammy and YMU. Yeah, Sammy and, and YMU. Oh, and how you got life. to doing so much of what you do because you, as a result of your involvement in YMU, <laughs> literally live the life of a musician and have had the opportunity to do that as a high school student. Correct? Yes, correct. Wait, can we tell our listeners, please, what YMU is? Yes, Dio, yeah. go. Um, let me get into that. So YMU, Young Musicians Unite, is a non-for-profit, or not-for-profit, sorry, um, organization here in Miami. It's started by Sammy Gonzalez. And Shout Eric out to Sammy. Farmer. Yeah. Yay. Sammy is, you know, another father figure in my life. Well, you know, uncle, whatever you want to call it. Yep. He's um, always been there for me, alongside my dad and Zach. But, you know, I'll get into that in a second. So him and Zach Larmer, his partner, um, started Young Musicians Unite, not-for-profit, where they go into schools and they bring back the music education program because of the... The under the vast the, underfunding, the embarrassingly yes. underfunded arts in the public school systems across the nation, correct? But yes, his focus is Florida. Florida. Yeah, he focuses on Florida right now. Maybe yes. it'll grow, you know? Yeah. Um, I remember it was from, I think it was the Great Recession in 2007. After that, they just they took all the funding for education down. Or I don't remember exactly what year it was or if it was after that. But I remember they took down all the funding for music. They said, if your kid is failing in this class, you're going to have to take it again. Double math, double reading, double science, whatever. And this is, I'm basically taking his words, Sammy's words, 
in that, you know, it doesn't work for kids. They just fail both classes instead. Um, instead of actually, you know, getting better at schooling, getting better at time management, enjoying life, they just get double math and fail, right? So his idea was, okay, we need to find a way to put music back in schools because scientifically studies show that whenever there's arts in school, whenever you're able to find this passion in school, you do better in your academics, you do better in life in general, and you're more creative, you're more expressive, you're happier. Yep. Yep. So he said, I'm going to get this not-for-profit, I'm going to go into these schools, and I'm going to bring back music. He started with Young Men's Prep. That was the first school he started in. Wow. Um, there's pictures of him with this huge afro <laughs> and a guitar class of about five kids, six kids. Um, and he himself went in there and taught these kids classical music. And he realized these kids don't want to learn classical music. They want to learn hip-hop. They want to learn rap. They want to learn all these other things on guitar. Yep. So he was like, oh, okay. I got to, you know, I got to change my formula for teaching. I got to change all these things, right? So with that school, he started... And now, I don't even know how many schools they're in. In almost every school in Miami-Dade County, they're, you know, they have a very specific system of setting up a teacher, and they make it a permanent teacher, and they have um, you know, funding for the actual instruments. They set up this whole system that basically they can go in there in a few years, they can leave, and the music you know, system in that school will be fine. They will have the funding, they will have everything they need to continue music for all these kids. So, so Dio, you find Young Men's Prep understanding that YMU is involved with them, and you have become yeah. one of their, you know, sort of big leaders, right? Like you, as a senior, are a mentor to many. You are an instructor, and you play in how many bands? Roughly eight or so. <laughs> um, wow, something dear. around that. So yeah. is, is it eight bands of all the same style of music, or it can't be? Um, no, uh, it's between, uh, as you said, metal, uh, rock, jazz, funk, indie even. Um, I just play wherever I get a chance. You know, opportunities come, it's up to you to take it. And I, I try to take as much as I can within, you know, within reason, obviously. Okay, so, so Dio, I just want to like... Um, share how crazy your schedule has to be because I had the privilege of being able to work with YMU through the College Access Project um, and we sort of we, we basically did a pilot with you guys and with you and Amber and Christian and Sophia as the first small group of kids who would sort of understand, you know, the the components of the college process and the timeline and whatnot. And then I had the privilege of being able to continue and work just for a couple of sessions, but still for a couple of sessions with you and Amber as seniors. Um, you guys don't have a lot of time. Like, I remember, like, you, you'd reach out and say, like, hey, Christine, like, um, do you have time? We need to, we, I need to get this done. And because of your own schedule, it was really hard. Like, there were some nights when you and I were meeting at, like, 1030 at night, and you were yeah, just getting 11. home, right? <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it was 11, but you were just getting home from school and then practice and rehearsal and um and teaching and you were even teaching during the course of the day do you how many kids do you teach how many hours um, do you find yourself involved in a given week with ymu and i mean obviously uh, you're happy doing it but it is rigorous it is yeah it is not easy um you know it's, it's not supposed to be it, it doesn't have to be easy to enjoy it, right? It's, right. It's music. It's, I got to put the effort if I want to, you know, if I really want to do this. Um, so I'm happy to put in this time and effort. Uh, right now, I think I have, I have two official students to the school, yep. uh, the School of Music, which is also owned by Sammy Gonzalez and Zach Larmer. Yeah. Um, I have two students to them, and then I have two more students that I meet with very, um, very spread out. Like, I don't meet with them once a week. Like, sometimes it's once a month, sometimes it's three times a week. Yep. Sometimes it's like not for two months, you know, they're yep, my friends yep. and, you know, I mentor them. I don't really like to call it teaching because yep. it, it makes it seem like it's a teacher student. It's more of a mentor mentee, you know, okay, it's more of okay. I'm his friend and I'm trying to get him, you know, some help with what I know, even sometimes for free. Um, so, you know, I have two official students and sometimes I have four. <laughs> basically. Okay. Okay. 
And then um, what does practice, I mean, you said that you pretty much practice or play four to five hours a day, seven days a week. That's like, that's like 30, you know, anywhere from 28 to 35 <coughs> hours a week. That's a lot. Yes. Um, when do you do your homework? Sometimes I feel like it's not enough. <laughs> oh, homework, I do that like in class when it's due. <laughs> um, <laughs> sometimes. I try not to. But uh, yeah, sometimes I have to stay up late doing homework, practicing guitar, doing college things, you know, yeah. sometimes it's, it just has to be that, you know, I don't have a choice and I don't give myself the choice because that's how I get myself to do this. You know, I don't, I don't give myself the choice because I am kind of, I can procrastinate. I get lazy sometimes like, ah, I'll, I'll do it later. But if I tell myself like, no, you have to do it now. You, you don't have a choice. I don't, if I let myself go, if I let myself not do it, then I'll just, I won't do it. But if I really keep myself in check and tell myself, you don't have a choice. You have to do this for you, for others, for whoever it is. You have to do it. And I just, I do it. <laughs> it would you consider um, that to be your mantra, Dio? The, the, I just have to do it. Like, what do you, what are the words you live by? I think those are, at least in, in life in general, yes, those are the words I, I like to live by. Whether it's, I'm in the gym and it's like, ah. This last workout, I really don't want to do it. And I look at them like, you just have to do it. And it's just, you do it. You just, you just go do it, you know. That's awesome. But that's, it's kind of similar to like a YOLO thing yeah. in a way, it feels like. But this is what separates good from great, right? Yeah. Like, this I, is I what, think so. Yeah, this is what separates, you know, uh, people who are talented and want to make a life out of it versus, I don't know, those who don't not that they're lazy but they don't have the drive right yeah you know yeah. i'm i'm sure there are a lot of musicians who could have been great but they aren't because they didn't put any effort right and, yeah. you know now, now i'm curious dio do you get burned out at all like i mean oh, of course. all right so but how do you deal then with the burnout do you just say f it and i'm just gonna continue to work through it or yeah i mean I try to find little spots here and there where I spend some time to myself. You know, if I have a weekend where it's like, yeah, I have homework to do, but you know what, I'm just going to take this weekend to take a chill pill, hang out with my girlfriend, hang out with my dad, hang out with my family, hang out mm -hmm. with my cats, and, you know, get my mind off of doing all this work. I, I try to take those chances when they come. Um, but sometimes I don't have the choice, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes I just have to do it. Um, and, See, yeah, this is what I mean, Christine, about about these uh these one percent people we, we we talk to so yeah. you're like this one percent deal which basically <laughs> means 99 percent of the people are are you know air quotes less than you um okay and mm -hmm. and it's it's the one percent of people in their given discipline right who make it right because they have chosen this path and they're you know serious minded and it doesn't matter if you're you know uh, you know, a high school senior or, or... Or whether you're 55 years old. Correct. There you yeah. go. Right. Yeah. Like you, you set your mind, you, you set your course, you manifest in some part your destiny, and mm -hmm. you either subconsciously or consciously take the path to reach that decision, right? To reach that place that you, Dio, uh, want to be, right? Or whom, whomever that person is at that age, at that discipline. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a very good, um, you know, it's very good for everybody to understand this because it's, you can be 40 and it's like, oh, I can't go to the gym. I'm 40. What, am, what is it going to do? It's like, no, you got, if that's what you want to do, you got to set your course and do it. Yeah. And Absolutely. I think you could be whatever age you want to be in whatever situation. Um, there's, this, there's somebody I follow on Instagram. I think he's a cancer survivor or he has cancer. They said, you're not going to live long. Um, you know, we have to give you chemo, this and that. And he said, you know, no, I'm like, I'm going to go run marathons every day of my life. Um, and yeah. he's, he lived past the time that they told him he would die. He's lived past you know, what he thought he was going to live to. Um, and he just set his mind. So I'm going to run, I'm going to work on myself. I'm going to, I'm going to beat this. And even just that, even if it's technically a, a placebo, right? It's that saves people from, from horrible diseases. They yep. tell themselves, yep. no, I'm going to live. And then they live. 
Yep. Uh, and that works with every discipline. That works with anything you put your mind to. And I try my best to follow that in my life. Dio, that is tremendously inspirational, and we are so grateful you were here with us. I feel like I've learned more from a high school senior than I do sometimes from people my own age. So thank you for sharing your story with me. I want to sing something. No, you can't sing something. You're done. I want to sing something. He's got his guitar. No! He's got his guitar. I want to sing something. What do you want to play, Dio? I don't know. Um, I don't know. (laughs) No, next time. Next time. No, when we travel to Miami, we are going to make sure we go out to dinner and watch Dio play or take him to dinner and go out and watch somebody he admires play Can live. I sing something? We'll, right now? No, no. When, when we go out yes, to Miami. Yes, yes. When we go out with Dio in Miami, maybe we'll find Hungry a Like the Wolf, to... Duran Duran? Dio, you're going to have to work on Hungry Like the Wolf. <laughs> There's no guitar Duran in it. It's all, it's, all, it's all keys. Dio will find a way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll find Thanks, a way. Dio, man. Nice meeting you, bro. Dio, thank you so much. And what do we need to do if we want to learn more or listen to what you're out there playing? Do you have social media presences? Do you want to share something through YMU? What how do we how do we how do we get to access your 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 art? Um, well I do have I have two Instagrams. I have one that's more personal. Um that one's the underscore shrimp. That one's like my um you know, my personal one that I use to talk to my friends. Okay. And I have another one that's called Debo, D-E-B-O, dot guitar. Okay. D-E-B-O dot guitar. I love that, man. Yes. Me too. Um, yeah, I don't know. Somebody called me Debo once and it just stuck. I like, I like, I like that. I like that, actually. I like, that a I like lot. Debo. Yeah. Debo. Yeah, oh, dude, <laughs> by the way, you'll only be known as Debo now. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Debo. Um, yeah, of course. Obviously, you can follow uh, Young Musicians Unite, you can follow Winwood School of Music, um, I usually play to them. Uh, some bands I play in are Stellus, S-T-E-L-L-U-S. Okay. I think it's Stellus Official on Instagram. Stellus I play Official. in uh, Ben Katzen's Degreaser, BK Degreaser, uh, 69 is his Instagram handle. Okay. Um, uh, my metal project is called Nostophobia. That um, we haven't really started anything yet, but we have an Instagram account. Um, yes. Yeah, coming soon. <laughs> um, I have Lowback, L O B A C. Uh, the handle is We Are Lowback. Wow. Uh, what else? I think, Dang, I think that's, that's basically it. Well, <laughs> is that it, really? Um, <laughs> All right. All right. All right, Debo. All right, Debo. Yo. Thank you so right, much. Thank you guys. We're out of time. With Debo. This was the Zero Hour. Debo, thank you, young man. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. We'll be checking you out in those Instagram handles. And um, I want to sing.